Kaprizov shoots it deflected right in. Peter Angelo save rebound. Stasty stopped by Peter Angelo. I don't believe that save. Even as Peter Stasty. He can't believe the save that Peter Angelo just made on him as Frankie Sparkly. Now that maneuver there to stop and rob Peter Stasty. He should get 5 to 10 for that. Oh. Hello and welcome to episode 112 of Tendy Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I am your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week, I chat with Jordan Keeley, one of the goalies on the St. Mary's University of Minnesota Division Three women's hockey team and a USA Hockey Hockey Humanitarian Award finalist in 2022 and 2023. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Jordan. All right, Jordan. Hey, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Good to finally get you on. We've been uh, communicating. We've had a few hiccups from uh, blizzards to flooded uh, apartments and everything else. So, uh, if anything, we've been flexible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm excited to get you on. It's kind of uh, almost serendipitous that I finally get you on today that we're recording. It's International Women's Day, so there, there we go. Yeah, I think it's really awesome. I saw yeah. today we got a notification. Our team sent out something. So, oh, not, yeah, I, I saw a couple different things. Uh, yeah, that I mean, it makes sense for the team to send something out. Um, but uh, the, the first question I ask every goalie I have on the podcast is, uh, you know, how did you get started in the game? Aside from being a kid growing up in small town Minnesota. Yeah, so my older brother, Jackson, he's three years older than me, and he was always a kid that just, like, loved to move and go, and so my parents signed him up for hockey, and he absolutely loved it, and his friends actually had a lot of um, younger siblings that were my age, and so we would hang out all the time as, like, families. I would go to his games, and I knew as soon as I was able that I was like, I really want to try hockey. Like, I always loved to do what he loved to do, so... Um, I started right before I turned four. So, um, a few days actually before my fourth birthday in mini mites. And <laughs> it's just ever since then, there's no turning back. Um, my program, I grew up in St. Peter, Minnesota. So pretty small town. Um, we're co-opted with Lee Sewer. So really it was like my high school team was like a co-op of nine different towns. <laughs> um, so there wasn't very many opportunities for girls, um, Tying back to that International Women's Day, it's been the growth in this sport has been incredible even to witness. Like, I played boys hockey all the way up until U-12s when I was eight. And then from U-12s, I was 13 and had to play varsity. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities for girls my age in between there. And being able to do that um, really shaped who I am as a person, I think, and as a goalie, too, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you mentioned small town, southern Minnesota. I remember you talk about how the schools are small, so they got a co-op. And when I was at St. Mary's, I would do stats for high school football games that Dean Beckman was calling on the radio. And yeah. Who was it? I can't. Um, Lewis and Altura, you know, a co-op team, two different schools yeah. together. But I still remember on homecoming night, half the team – at halftime is running into, you know, the locker room and the other half is taking their helmets off and picking up their instruments because they're part of the marching band at the same time. It's like, all right, this is small town 
you know, <laughs> Southern Minnesota where that, that's just the way, the way it is. Um, so you get into the game because you, you know, you're following in your older brother's footsteps, but what drew you between the pipes? Um, I don't know. I tried it when I was really young and I just, I loved it. Um, there's a picture of me at Don Roberts, the Gustavus rink, and I've got a little bubble on and I'm wearing the goalie pads. I'm like shorter than the boards. <laughs> um, I just loved it. Like it's a whole nother level to the game. Like it's one thing to understand the game and play the game. And I think for me, it was a whole added mental challenge to be able to like not only manage all those aspects of the game, but then almost have to figure out a way to manage the mind game behind it all too. So I just loved it. I loved that I could like single-handedly kind of play a role in how the game went. And, you know, as a goalie, you can't control the outcome all the time, but being able to know that if I could do that, that would be pretty sick. So Yeah. Now, you know, you, you try the pads on, you know, like most kids and mites because it's it's your week to do it. Uh, were, were you kind of going half and half, you know, in squirts or was it like, no, this, this is where I belong. I, I don't want to rotate anymore. Just give them to me every week. Um, when we were in mites, that's when we had to first start rotating. And so I was too young to actually move up to squirts. So they like made a squirt C team of all the kids that were too young to play <laughs> in regular squirts. So it was just a bunch of like really young kids um, and so we rotated goalie, but I had already kind of decided at that point that it was like what I really wanted to do. Um, but me and this other kid, Andy Regner, we rotated. I don't remember how often, but so I did still skate out. And then after that year, I went up to U12 and I was like, I'm committed. Like I turned eight. I was like, this is what I want to do. I love doing this. Like I a hundred percent knew that that was where I wanted to go. That's awesome. So, you know, like you said, you played with the boys most of the way, but then, then you reach that, uh, what is it? Seventh grade when, when you can play high school hockey is, uh, in Minnesota, if you're good enough. And, uh, that, that's when it's like, all right, onto the girls team. Now, what kind of transition was it going from, you know, playing with the boys to now playing with the girls? Cause it, I mean, we, we can't deny it is a slightly different game without checking and, you know, just, I would say the, uh, the male testosterone. <laughs> I think it's actually really funny because I remember like just in the locker room, like boys are a little more rowdy, not that girls can't be rowdy, but especially like I played in squirts with the boys. Yeah. So they were always wanting to just like go and do all this like random stuff. And I was like, can't we just not? And yeah. Not that I didn't love that experience, but like looking back, you never really realize how different it is until I got to U12s and, you know, girls are more clicky and everybody likes to do pretty much the same stuff. Whereas it's like the boys are always doing something like way off the wall, um, yeah. out of pocket. And then coaching now, even like I coached squirts, peewees level a few summers ago, like the whole summer. And it's just interesting because most of the kids I coached were boys. And at that point, I'm like looking back and I'm like, wow, I wonder what I was like at this age. They're just yeah. like running around crazy, like 
spitting ideas all over the place what they want to be doing and they just really are 100 percent all the time well i i, I don't mean this in a mean way but they're just morons yeah like in in the most lovable way they're just morons like they get this idea let, like hey let's try this let's see how it goes it's probably going to end terribly but we won't know if we don't try yeah <laughs> I, I remember when I worked the uh, St. Mary's hockey camps in the summer, um, the one summer I stayed all summer driving the Zamboni, but I still worked with uh, Donnie and the goalies over lunch. And, you know, we had five weeks of boys and it started from squirts through high school. And then we had two weeks of girls. And that was, I think the first week was like U12. So then the next week was high school. And it was night and day difference. Like you said, the boys are just, run, run, run. What kind of pranks can we pull on each other? But from the coaching standpoint, like I had to tell the boys to do either not do something or do something like 15 times before it clicked where with the girls, they had an attention span. So I could tell them once and like, they got it. And now they still played the pranks, uh, but their, their pranks, I think were a little more thought out and not just like, Oh, let's put tape on the skates. Like, I walked into the locker room the one day and my gloves were taped together. So I started taping and it was like every three feet, the tape was ripped. So it wasn't just like one continue. I was like, you gotta be kidding. like, I'm laughing because it was funny, but I had to find out who did it and get back at them. But like the boys, it's just like, let's just put tape on their uh, skate blade. They, they couldn't come up with anything better than that. They get a lot of um, the bro talk, like the hockey lingo talk going. Yeah. That's like squirts is usually the age where they think that's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so they're like chirping each other, throwing around like jokes and stuff. And I'm just sitting here like laughing. It's so hard not to laugh at them, but it's like, yeah, it's funny. They're funny. They've watched a little too much Letter Kenny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like enough to be dangerous, but not enough to actually know what's going on. Yeah, not enough to know that it's kind of inappropriate for them yeah. to be watching it, <laughs> but enough for it to still be funny for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you mentioned you're from St. Peter. You mentioned the Gustavus rank because Gustavus is in St. Peter. And they got a pretty darn good women's hockey team. Right? They they just won the Mayak playoffs again. They, they you know they got the Carroll brothers down there, uh, coach. In fact, I had Steve on uh, the podcast not that long ago. Um, what made you choose to go two hours east and go to St. Mary's instead of you know right in your backyard so mom and dad could come to your home games every week? I feel like for me it was really just proximity. Like, I Mm -hmm. felt like I had to kind of, like, leave, experience something new, something different. Um, At St. Peter, I actually also swam and did track. And our swim team, we swam at Gustavus. So Mm -hmm. we would practice there, host meets there. We spent a lot of time just kind of, like, hanging around on campus. Yeah. And so it almost felt like I was – I had already been there, already kind of done that. Yeah. And I was looking for something new. And um, we always joke about like the last school I visited, my mom was like, this is the last one, like last one you're going to look at, like, otherwise you just got to like pick one. And I went to St. Mary's and it was, I just like knew. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had been kind of holding out because everybody tells you you're going to get that feeling. Yeah. And then also everybody tells you that like, but actually that never happens. And so I was kind of like holding out for that feeling. And 
I came to St. Mary's and I was like, this is it. Like, these are the people, this is the place I want to be. Like it was the perfect distance. The bluffs are awesome. And it had Mm -hmm. all the programs to set me up for success too. Yeah. And then on top of that, like coming into a culture where I absolutely like loved the teammates. When I met the team, I was like, this is a place I would love to call home. I was already sold. And at that point, there wasn't really any changing my mind. You know, it's funny you say that because I'm originally from Chicago. So I took one of the bus trips up from the Chicagoland because, as you know, half the school is from the Chicagoland area. So they, they have bus trips up and like one of my coaches, he had graduated from there. And so I heard about it. And uh, one of my good friends from high school, her parents went there. So I'm like, I'll check it out. It took the bus trip. But, and uh, I was like, yeah, I, I like it here. And I, I, I wanted to play hockey. So I thought maybe I would have a chance, even though nobody was recruiting me. Uh, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll go up there. I'll play some hockey. And uh, somehow it worked out. But then my uh, our niece she was like two years old would come. I met my wife, my sophomore year. So, uh, and she's from the cities, which is why we now live in Minnesota. Um, but, uh, her niece would come visit us and she was like two at the time. And then when it came time for her to pick school, she was going all around all of them, kind of like some, and then she chose St. Mary's because she said, once she got on campus, she's like, it felt like home. I was like, well, yeah, it did because you've been coming here since you were two years old. (laughs) But it's that thing. And for St. Mary's students, it's just kind of like you step on campus and you're like, yeah, this is where I belong. Yeah. I remember that I, I didn't, I actually ended up having this professor later, but I was just on a visit and I don't know if you know who Dr. Minarath is, Mm -hmm. um, but she's the absolute best. She was my advisor all my years here. And just like, I was just a random student out on a tour. And I remember she just like, was walking with another faculty member and took a second to even just stop and be like, hi, what's your name? Like, it's nice to see you here. Yeah. And like went out of her way, like professors went out of their way. Even these random people just like walking around campus saying like, Oh, hi, how are you? Like, how do you like it so far? All these things that even in like Minnesota, we run into people in the grocery store and it's like, Oh, Hey, like yeah, a little wave and kind of a walk on, but they had like made a point to make me feel like, I was supposed to be there and that I was welcome there. And I think that was what really sold me too. Yeah. I, I remember when I was there, brother Louie was our president and like he would just walk through campus and sit down with groups of people, and, you know, start talking like, how was class today? How are things going? Then we had this other uh, brother, brother Chris, you know, he would talk to people and then he'd look at his watch and be like, you guys want to go to Perkins? My treat. And we're like, what do you mean? He's like, I know you guys are eating cafeteria food. I can take you guys out every once in a while. And it was like every couple of weeks, he was just taking, you know, random groups of students out to Perkins. Like, but that was saying, I mean, I've been out of St. Mary's 20 years now. Um, and Dean Beckman, I can still walk on campus and he, like, he knows who I am. Uh, you know, so some of the other teachers I had that are still there, it's like, they know who you are as a person, not just a student in their class, which makes a huge difference. And they care. They actually do care about you. I mean, Donnie, you know, I text him every now and then still to this day. And, but I mean, Donnie's a treasure on that campus. He's the best. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. He's so funny too. I mean, I, 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 
I had this bad habit of calling everybody dude when I got on campus. He broke that of me real quick. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it was, uh, he wasn't going to have any of that. And I, ooh, world, just scored a beautiful uh, one time in order to take a 2-1 lead. Um, for those listening, the uh, boys high school hockey state tournament's going on right now. So I have the uh, single A quarterfinal game on my second monitor. Um, but then I, I was, I forget what was going on, but Donnie's son, Andy, he was like, I think a squirt at that time. He was just sweeping up at hockey camp and we're sitting there on the stairs to go to the rack over by the men's locker room. And Donnie just said something. He's like, can't you give me any respect? And he's like, no, respect is earned, not given. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but it was a valuable lesson. Like, okay, all right. But, you know, all these years later, um, I, I think I've earned his respect. <laughs> it's funny. Donnie's, he's honestly, and a few years ago, he, you know, got nominated in the Hall mm -hmm. of Fame. And I really, I think people don't realize how much he like goes out of his way for all of us. Like we have senior night and he makes sure to put together the programs for mm -hmm. each of seniors to keep long-term, like gets them bound. And then he goes and prints off these posters for us that our coaches in frame. And like, he's a really key part of providing that special experience on senior night. And he really goes out of his way for all of us. And I think that's something that not really a whole lot of athletes realize, but he, honestly fills in all the gaps he does everything he does the social media he does the write-ups like yeah i cannot imagine he can literally do everything <laughs> i think when people look at how much our, the saint mary's sports information department puts out they think it's a department and not yeah. just donnie i mean it is mind-boggling how much he puts out and i think back to when i was there when he had two young sons that were playing hockey and he was also coaching at that point in time. You know, he, he was the varsity goalie coach. And it's like, how did you find the time to sleep? Because, I mean, right after a game, he's on his laptop just pounding away, getting the, you know, post-game report out. And he just, I mean, I, I see why he, him and Didi take their uh, national park trip every yeah. summer. It's like he needs something to unwind. Um, and I remember talking to him, he, he kind of likes that he doesn't have to do the driving anymore because of his degenerative eye disease, you know, takes a little bit off of him there, but, uh, God, what, what, Dee Dee too. I mean, she, she's a saint to put up with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember I, I've told the story on the podcast before my freshman year, we had, it was like 20 some odd goalies trying out for the six spots because we had a JV team back then okay. and we, we had uh, five returning goaltenders showing up. And then my buddy, Alan Knowles from Hermantown, who was recruited. So in theory, all six spots were taken. I beat out a returning goalie for the sixth spot. And I'm like, what, what the hell did you guys see in me? Because like yeah. I was not the sixth best goalie out there. And, and Donnie confirmed my suspicion from all these years that I was a locker room guy. I, I brought the intangibles. <laughs> but it was like... What did you see? And one of my buddies too, he, he said I had the fastest door in the Mayak. I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks a lot. Um, so, you know, you, you choose St. Mary's for so many things, you know, more importantly, what, what's your major, you know, that 
they have it because their, yeah. their, their <laughs> curriculum has changed since I was, when I was there, it was very art and um, theater heavy. And now they're doing away with those programs. It's kind of, and science was just yeah. budding at that point. <laughs> um, so I graduated last May in 2022 with um, a double major in biology pre-physical therapy. So like a biology degree with mm-hmm. kind of odds and ends prerequisites for PT school. And then leadership. My leadership major was actually an individualized major that Dr. Sorvog and I put together. Um, So technically it was the first, which is pretty cool. Um, We only had a minor at the time. And then after graduation, I decided, well, prior to graduation, I decided I want to take a fifth year um, because we got that extra year of eligibility from COVID. Yep. And... um, I really, I knew I liked leadership a lot and I, we have a program here at St. Mary's organizational leadership. It's all online. My wife's taking that right now. Yep. Because (laughs) it's online, I'm able to double up. I can actually take two years at the same time and just be a full-time student. Um, and so I'm actually graduating in the end of May with that degree. Okay. Yeah. My wife is just starting the second class of that, uh, master's program right now yeah it's it's a valuable one i think i've gained a lot of not just like book knowledge obviously i'm not a business major so some of these classes i'm like Mm -hmm. i don't know what insurance is or human resources (laughs) like i have no no practical knowledge of like how businesses work but a lot more than that like a lot of the classes are more focused around like what is engagement why does it matter? How can yeah. you increase it? Like, and they've well, been really, really good about helping me figure out how to apply that in the context of my life. Cause obviously I haven't really entered the workforce. I haven't been in the workforce for 10, 20, 30 years yet. So. Well, and what's interesting too, at least from what I've heard of her talking to me about it is it's really driving home the fact of the different, um, not personalities, but working and learning styles of different people and how, not only, okay, yeah, except that they have them, but how do you interact with those different people? What drives them? And, you know, at your age, that's going to be huge as you, you know, go into, you know, your your profession because you've got that knowledge off the bat versus having to learn it on the fly. But when I've interviewed for jobs, people are always like, you know, well, what else should we know about you? And I always sound like, I'm an athlete. I've put, I've been a part of a team and I know that, there's different personalities. We have to figure out how to work with those different personalities. Doesn't mean it, it was, uh, you know, my freshman year when our coach, Coach Manner, told us, like, you guys don't have to get to get along when you leave the rink, but when you're on that ice, you got to perform together. It's the same mentality at work. We don't have to go to happy hour together, but when we're in the office, we better be on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's always funny because I, I'm an analyst. Um, <laughs> I'm a digital marketing analyst. And so like I'm part of the marketing team, but I kind of work on my own and I'm always asked, you know, like, are you okay? You know, kind of doing your own thing as a part of the team. I'm like, yeah, I'm a goalie. That's been my whole life. Like I'm yeah. a part of the team, but I'm, it's, I'm kind of that weirdo off in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's almost the perfect role for a goalie. <laughs> um, one of the things I loved about St. Mary's was the ice rink. Um, you know, it, it's just such an awesome little barn, the big ice, 
great ice. Uh, although, is Denny still doing the ice, or did he retire? He retired. He was, I was gonna say he was he he took such good care. But the locker rooms are awesome. The the women's locker room is better than the men's locker room by far because it's just it it was built later and they thought it out. It wasn't just like <laughs> oh we have this little space, but it's just just an awesome lot awesome rink in general and they didn't have the four-year when i was there that that came after i graduated but it's just a great little barn in the i think it's probably the best one in the mayak i would agree i think just in general we have the advantage having our rink on campus i don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of people realize how big of a deal that can be because later on like during the day the ice is open we can go out there and do individual skill sessions or goalie sessions or whatever. We can skate whenever we want. So being able to go out and develop those on-ice skills, essentially in a limited amount during the week, is definitely underrated. I mean, thinking about St. Kate's or Bethel or Concordia, where it's a commute to the rink every day. Yeah. And the ice is booked during school hours, so it's not like they can just go out there whenever they want. Like they have to figure out ways to translate their on-ice performance to off-ice training. Right. Um, and I think yeah. just in general, that's something that's super underrated. Because some of the other schools that do have rinks on campus, like Gustavus, it's still a community rink. So during yeah. the day, ice is rented. You know, before games, ice is rented. I, I know Jay, Jay Reska, he was one of my teammates. Um, <laughs> you know, he, He's the best. <laughs> he, I got a story about him. I, I have several, but there, there's one that's uh, <laughs> okay to share, I would say, on the podcast. But, um, you know, I, I know he'll rent ice out to, you know, Winona and whatnot, af- but it's after the season, after yeah. our needs are done for it. But my favorite story with Jay, it was during um, captain's practices. And at the time, what is now the dry stall locker room for the men's team. That was yeah. the JV locker room. But it's so small. Yeah, I, it is small, but it, it worked out because, I mean, it, it was what it was. Um, I, I liked it. Um, but uh, during captain's practices, you know, we used all four of those locker rooms because you had all the kids trying to make the team. But returning players, because varsity locker room typically wasn't allowed except for seniors at that point point during captain's practices um so we're all all the returning players were in that old jv locker room and jay's in the locker room right next to me and him and one of these other players they have a prank war going and i don't know what jay did to him but jay wasn't at the rink yet and greg works was the guy's name last i heard he's a pilot for like alaskan airlines now which is <laughs> mind-boggling with considering he didn't last very long at st mary's but he comes in and he looks at me and i forget who is sitting on the other side jay he goes you, you empty your lockers. Otherwise it's, they're get, it's getting soaked. And I was like, give me like two minutes. I've almost got all my stuff on. Then I'll empty. He's like, all right, fine. So <laughs> I put my stuff, you know, across the locker room and he comes walking in with a giant cooler of ice water and ice and just hauls it right off to Jay's locker. <laughs> and Jay would come to the rink like 10 minutes before he had to be on the ice and he comes in and like water's still flowing out of his locker and he just opens it up and everything's just comes out just sopping wet as if he just jumped into the pool and he's like i gotta put this stuff on because i gotta be on the ice 
And it's it's just so funny watching him put it on because not only is it wet, but it's cold, wet water. Oh. And then he then he pulls his his skates on, and water's literally like squirting up out of his skates as he's putting them on. <laughs> and he's walking to the ice, and you just hear squish, squish, squish. Oh, and it's just a trail of water, like behind him as he's walking out to the rink. Um, but yeah, that that that's one of the um, funnier Jay stories that I, I would say are shareable. <laughs> yeah, Jay's um. His kids, when I coached here a few summers ago, I stayed during the summer and worked at the ring. And getting to skate with his kids, his kids are the best. But his youngest son, Marty, is so funny. He's so funny. <laughs> he's just like a little goober. And he's so yeah. cute. It's just like every time you see him, you just want to, like, pick him up and squeeze him. Like, he's so cute. And he just says, like, the funniest, like, just dry comment. That is just like so straightforward and it's just hilarious for no reason. Yeah. And I'm just like, I can only imagine, I can only imagine <laughs> where he gets that from. Yeah. I mean, he clearly gets it from his dad, clearly gets his looks from mom though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, Jay, Jay is a, uh, he's something else. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, so, uh, one of the other things that uh, has happened while you're at St. Mary's is an anonymous grant to the hockey program that I think has done wonders. You know, you've yeah. been able to see firsthand, you know, how impactful has that been uh, for the women's program? Because th that was what I loved about it. It wasn't just this is for the men's, pro it's for the hockey program, men's, women's, everything. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. And you, I mean, you already talked about the rink. The rink has undergone so much renovation in the last few years because of that grant. Like, we have money now to do that. Yeah. Um. So they updated the sound system, fixed it so you can actually hear what you're listening, like what you're playing. It doesn't echo as bad in the rink. Well, um, you mentioned the sound system. My freshman year, our sound system was a five-disc CD changer in the corner by the doors where we came out with like two big speakers. speakers. <laughs> but then it was uh, that break right before tryouts would start. Oh, it was Thanksgiving break is what it was. There's actually a void of like eight feet between the ceiling and the roof. So because it's so big, they have to have sprinklers up there uh, for fire suppression. One of the heads blew over break and whoever was working maintenance over the break just saw the light flashing and went to the rink, didn't see anything at the time. Yeah. So just turned it off. They came back and there was so much water. They said they, there was enough water to fill the swimming pool in the arena on the ice. So oh they insurance had to pay for like drywall and everything else, but they were able to put like, actual speakers in at that point and that that's when we got um i know they call the rink now the nest but that's the little uh donnie called it the nest behind the oh. uh, bleachers yeah, like the media booth stuff. yeah th that's when that was built um but now but still the the sound system was horrible at that point but we could hook it up to a laptop at that point at least 
but it's nice that at least now it's not so echoey. Yeah, and we have like this cool little thing where they can flip on and off certain lights in the rink. So like during the national anthem, they can light up the flag and shut off all the other ones. And um, we have like the purge, the beginning of our walkout like playlist is the purge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got like the big alarms blaring and you're like skating out on the ice and they cut the lights. Yeah. Then they like light up the line when starting lineups start. I think really just in general, it kind of raises everything, the whole experience for everybody there. Yeah. Well, and I know um, it's a small thing, but just the branding around the rink too. Yes. Uh, You know, it, it just gives it a, uh, not not I don't want to say a world class feel, but it just it kind of gives it that that extra touch um, that you expect in a big program. And, yeah. And and I know some of the money too is for equipment. You know, graduating players don't have to turn in their helmets and gloves and breezers anymore because the thought process was you start skating in the beer leagues with that stuff, people notice it. It it it's a little thing that goes a far away. You know, you start seeing more of it, and people are like, oh see a lot of these St. Mary's kids around, you know, maybe I'll check them out. Um, Does any of that money go to the goalies though? Because I know for us, it was like, okay, when the different equipment reps came, we could get a deal on equipment, but we we were, we got breezers. That was it. (laughs) Yeah. Last year we got a hundred percent new gear. So I got a new helmet. I actually got my new helmet painted this year, the exact same as my old one, because I love the design, just inverted. So it was like navy with red accents. Okay. Because um, we got all new jerseys, whites and navies. Um, and then we got all new pads, pad, glove, blocker, new chest protector. I got a new chest protector this year. New breezers with the new logos and stuff on them. Um, anything basically we needed, they covered for us. We got un- unlimited sticks. Um, so coming in even... Last year we had all new gear and now I have gear that's going to last me for however long, you know, and it's still really new and we got to pick. So we only get like, we get 30% off at CCM because that's mm-hmm. the brand that I usually buy. Um, but like Brian's, they get certain percent. If we would have, if I would have got Bauer, I would have got like probably 50% or something, but um, we got to design what we wanted, pick what models, new skates. Everyone got new skates last year. And I think really what they're trying to emphasize is providing the D1 experience at a D3 level. Yeah. Um, but like giving us the tools and resources, but also giving us the sty, you know, yeah. I think it's been a huge thing. Because um, yeah. they come on campus and they see a rink that's being updated and they see new jerseys. They hear about, you know, Norma Tech boots that we have in the locker room and renovations in the weight room and yeah. all these things. And immediately, like, improvement is something that I think catches a lot of recruits' eye. Well, and tearing down Ed's Hall probably helps, too. because <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I, I, I lived there freshman year, and our, our, our dorm shirt said we put the special in special ed. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, that, that that was a that was not some place we we took prospective students. Well, that's for sure. Um, it's always kind of smelled like uh, reheated meatballs. Uh, 
It, I feel like that's the best way to describe it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say it smelled like a Carnival Cruise Line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it, it is true. You know, just that that D1 feel at a small D3 college. I mean, it's what, 1,200 students yeah. for the whole school. I mean, it's it's a great experience for those that uh, are looking for. But I mean, it, I think about my time there and I think it was great, you know, and all, you know, equipment we could, as goalies, it was like, okay, Coach Farron could call up the reps and we could get stuff at cost. You know, yeah. to me, that was awesome. Sticks were three for 20 bucks, which even back then was awesome. Um, granted, we were using wooden goalie sticks still at that point. Um, but it, I, I chuckled when you're like, yeah, I, I have this great equipment. You know, who knows how long it'll last me. I bought my stuff my freshman year in 1999, and I finally replaced it a little over a year ago. Um, <laughs> so hopefully yours holds up as well as my Vaughn Legacies did. Um, but yeah, it was, and it wasn't for lack of not wanting to replace them. It was just like, well, they, they're still in good shape and yeah. uh, the kids need stuff. So it's kind of selfish. And finally, finally, I was selfish and got new stuff after like 20, what, 21 years. Um, so one of the things that we can't pass over with you, too, is you were nominated this year and last year, too, if I believe, for the Hockey Humanitarian Award. And that's not a MIAC thing. That's not a NCAA thing. That's through USA Hockey, correct? Yeah. Um, so w- tell me about the nomination and what, what it was that you were doing for them to nominate you. Um, so essentially you get nominated by coaches. Um, I got nominated by my coach a sophomore year, junior year, senior year. Well, junior year was COVID season. So senior year and then super senior year, which is this year. And it's just basically for work in the community. Um, That's something I've always been really passionate about and something that has been absolutely great um, with Sarah, with our, with coach Murray is that Mm -hmm. she is super focused on not even just developing us as athletes, as a hockey team, but making us better people. Mm -hmm. Um, Her and Cassie are always encouraging us to get out in the community. Um, We did a think pink run with um, Winona health for breast cancer and raised a bunch of money. We volunteered our time and got to meet, host the little kids section, you know, put on little face tattoos and stuff, which is super cute. And we're always, they're always looking for ways to get us in the community. And when Sarah first started here, that was something she came and drove and met every one of us, either in our home state or I was in Winona at that time still. So she came down and I told her, she was like, well, what do you think we can do to improve the culture? And I was like, I think something I'd like to see more of is like off ice development, not in, not in the weight room. Like I'm not talking weight room. I'm not talking off ice skills. Like all that kind of comes with the hockey package, you know? Yeah. I was like, but I feel like as athletes, we have the platform to make an impact in our communities. And I think that's definitely a platform that is underutilized. Um, I mean, not only do we have sheer man force, I mean, like 30 girls show up and we can we can run essentially a whole event just by ourselves. Um, right. So being able to just donate even like two or three hours of our time, we can make a significant impact 
in supporting whatever it is going on in the community. And that was always something that I was very passionate about prior to Sarah even getting here. And to have her on board with that, she's like, absolutely. I think we need to be doing more volunteering, encouraging, figuring out ways that we can get not only our athletes, not only us, but um, other athletes in the athletic department out into the community. And so um, I was always volunteering at the Humane Society. So I'd go walk the dogs. Um, there was a point sophomore year where I was <laughs> I was there more hours in a month than days. <laughs> like I would spend probably 40 hours a month walking those dogs. And I would go like every other day for like a few hours. And I loved it. And, Is that really volunteering though? When yeah. I mean, everybody I know that volunteers at the Humane Society is doing it because they want to play with the, the yeah, animals. A little bit of that too, for sure. <laughs> I always tell coach my favorite part of volunteering is it's almost like self-care. Like, you know, yeah. people ask you like, why do you, why aren't you at home? Like, I don't really watch movies. I don't even own a TV. Like I don't really like sit around a whole lot. I like to like go and do things. And for me, like knowing that I can make even like a sliver of an impact or like help someone even in like a little way, like mm -hmm. makes me, it's like almost self-care for me. Like it makes me feel good. So I'm like, gosh, I can, I can do something that impacts someone else. Like that is just next level. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing that. I was on the foster board for Elma Tales of Hope. I have raised two batches of bottle baby kittens for them now, three three i'm currently getting the rest of this this round adopted right now um and so yeah. i was sewing masks when covid hit and been involved in a lot of even on campus groups i just yeah she really thought that that was something that should be recognized and she nominated me and then i got the email that i had been nominated i really wasn't even sure what it was up until that point but yeah no, and, it, and it's awesome. And it's true, too, especially in Winona. I mean, the St. Mary's uh, student body carries weight in that community, um, more so than Winona State. <laughs> um, and it's, it's really a focus of the school to, to do good in the community. So people um, appreciate that, that. That's for sure. Uh, and I think that's awesome. So that, that leads me to the question of what are your post St. Mary's plans? You know, what, what do you plan to do here? In a, I, I was going to say a few short months, but if, if we're being realistic, it's a few short weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Graduations definitely snuck up on me. That's for sure. The end of season, I always joke. I'm like, oh, I'm going to need three weeks to just kind of like wallow in a little self-pity, you know? Yeah. I haven't really hit that point because we're dealing with the whole ankle business still. So yep. <laughs> we just kind of delayed the inevitable. Um, as of right now, I'm heading out to North Carolina. I got accepted into PT school. At Where Duke. at? Okay. I, yeah. I, I asked because my dad lives in North Carolina, but he's, oh. <laughs> he's in the Wilmington area. But uh, I was just in Raleigh um, two weeks ago now for the stadium series game. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, from what I hear, there's decent um, beer league hockey in the Raleigh area. So bring your equipment, uh, re rehab that ankle, and keep skating. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that'll be fun going out. Going out there, Duke has got you know. You talk about reputations, you know, for healthcare. 
Duke, Duke, it's it's no Mayo Clinic, but it's it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, we 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 are um, hampered not just in Minnesota, but more specifically, you know, in the Winona Rochester area of having the best um, hospital in the world. But uh, no, that, that's that's exciting to to have that on on the horizon. Like I said, it's only a few short weeks. I I had that realization today that my kids are, you know, done with school here, and gosh, I think it's like. 10 weeks. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Um, it it, it goes quick. That's for sure. And I I, I think I remember sending you a message like right before your last game or something saying, you know, enjoy the last weekend. Cause I remember my last games, it was at the Augsburg ice arena. Last time I, I got to take that, uh, Cardinal sweater off and, um, I had a lot of pride pulling that Jersey over my head every every game and it, it was really hard to take it off that last time. Yeah, it was, there's a lot of conflicting emotions about my last game. I mean, first period, you know, I, I knew that that was going to be it kind of, but yeah. to start the game, I mean, I made the first save of the game on like a mini breakaway and I dropped routine save, went to get up and my ankle just like popped. And it was just shooting up my leg. And I I didn't really even know what to do at that point because there's so many things going through my head. I'm like, there's no way that just happened. Like, right. this is my last game. Like, I can make it. Like, I've got to push through. And then the play is, like, down in the other zone. And I'm, like, can't even stand on it on my one leg. And there were so many things going through my mind at that point. It was like, it's over. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm still on the ice. I need to get off the ice. I can't move. Like I can't skate. And then I ended up coming back in the zone. And I told um, my co-captain Sid, I was like, I need a whistle. Like I need a whistle. And the puck girl shoots it from the blue line, ended up going wide by a few inches, but I dropped. I was like, if I'm going to go out, you know, like I've got to make the save. (laughs) And and it was like my whole leg. I couldn't even like my ankle was attached to my pad. Couldn't dig it into the ice. So my whole like inside of my knee, my whole groin just went rip like it was terrible and we got the whistle iced the puck and everybody just kind of like looked at me and my coach Cassie on the bench was like oh like it must be your pad like there must be something wrong and I I started skating to the bench on my one leg and it was like I got maybe 15 feet away and she looked at me and she was like looked at Sarah and said something's wrong and I just lost it like you know, I, I knew that it was the end, but in yeah. my mind, I still had, I still had a whole game, you know, in between yeah. that and, and the end. And then I never really got, got that ending I was looking for. Yeah. It, it wasn't on your terms. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to be something that's going to probably grind my gears for, for quite some time moving forward still. Um, but it's, it's hard for the ending just in general and then to not not let it end in the way that you've been like preparing for or anticipating like it was Concordia senior night I was readily prepared to go out there and come back in the second night and absolutely steal it Mm -hmm. like the night before we had lost in a a shootout our three girls you know missed the net and they had one girl and she scored and so it's like knowing that I let that puck in and that we te- we technically tied, I guess, but they got the extra point the night before. 
yep, right. not being able to not only finish my last game ever, but like that was it. Like that was going to be my redemption. And then it was going to be like hit home. We came back. We won it the second day, full business trip. Like, look what he did. Look what we accomplished. And, you know, I didn't really get that, unfortunately. Yeah. So how's the rehab going for you? Oh, it's going. Today was my <laughs> first day walking without crutches in like three weeks. <laughs> um, I'm stuck in the boot uh, till surgery. I get surgery April 6th. They've got to go in and stick some new ligaments through my upper ankle and shorten them and provide some extra ligament stuff in my lower ankle, shave down some bones and everything. So that'll be good. Well, the good news is you'll never have to watch the weather report on yeah. the news again because your ankle will tell you. Oh, yeah, exactly. yep, we got rain coming. Oh, there's a snowstorm coming. Um yeah. Yeah, my, my wife and I, we we can both when we're both kind of feeling it, we're like, oh, "There's a storm coming." We we can both feel it, and, you know. Um, it, it's funny. I, I had some concussions while I was at St. Mary's, and so I kind of feel it in the, my head. The barometric pressure hits me, yeah. and she's got some other stuff. Yeah, my my first concussion was freshman year, and I was never good at playing the puck. And I come out, I play the puck between the top of the circle and the hash marks, and to tell you how much time we had. I banked it off the boards and hit uh, the guy at center ice. And I watched it. And it was perfectly played. And the, this kid just came and ran me elbows to the head. This is the one game nobody's mom or dad was there videotaping. Yeah, the of course. But I'm told I was parallel to the ice facing down, and my body did two rotations like this before my head hit the ice. Well, it was a delayed penalty. So I just oh. laid there, knocked out, and um, – it was like 10, 15 seconds. When I heard the whistle, I kind of came to and started to get up. So the trainer never came out. Mind you, this was the fall of 1999. So concussion yeah. protocol and everything was a lot different. So th there's like 10 minutes left in the game. So I, I literally held onto the crossbar with my glove hand and made a few more saves. Oh um, and after the game, we always had the box of fruit and sandwiches in the locker room. And I got my top half off and I'm eating an apple and I'm looking at this apple. I'm halfway through eating an apple. And I go, I don't like apples. Like some, I'm like, something's wrong with me. And one of my teammates, uh, Greg Rose, he goes, might be the hit you took. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, oh, no. he's like, go, why, why don't you go see the trainer Vondo? And so I, I, I walked down to the trainer's room and, She's like, what are you doing here? It's like, they told me I got hit. And she's like, oh, you got rocked. I'm <laughs> like, I, I don't remember it. So then, you know, they just did the simple yeah. eye test. And they're like, yeah, it looks like you have a concussion. Like, shower up. Do you have somebody that can kind of watch you? Make sure you don't fall asleep for a while. I'm like, I don't know. I can find somebody. Well, it, it was a JV game. So we were done at like noon one o'clock that day and varsity was getting ready to come up and play Hamlin. And, uh, Terry Manor was our JV coach. We was also assistant coach with coach Olson at the time. And he's like, shower up, get dressed. You're coming with us to Hamlin. We'll keep an eye on you. And poor Brian Trottier jr. He had to watch me that night cause he was a healthy scratch. And like Aww. every, for that two hour drive to the city is like every little bump on that bus, which is like every three seconds, like yeah. 
I, I was feeling like I needed a trash can. I didn't. Thank goodness I didn't. But um, as I like to look at it, like I don't feel so bad for Trotch that night because he is now a doctor. So it's oh. like, okay, if somebody was going to watch me, it should have been the kid that Thanks was pre-med. Um, Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. I have no idea who I'm going to pick on my bracket, but I'll be sure to... Do it on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But then my second... After that, I went to a Hashik-style helmet. Because um, when, when I was in college, we had to have the birdcage. We couldn't have the cat eye. So I went with the Hashik helmet, you know, just the Cooper combo. Yep. <laughs> and we're it, it, sophomore year now. I'm in practice. And one of my teammates, uh, Joe Duda, hard shot, but he had no control over his shot. He winds up from the blue line, and it hits me square on the Cooper logo, cracks my helmet. I'm like, ooh. I, I saw stars. Luckily, it was the whistle blew like right after that. So then we go to the bench to go over the next drill. And I just stayed there. And the coach looks at me. He's like, what's wrong? You go, I think I got hit in the head again. And he looks at my helmet and sees the cracked helmet. He's like, yep. yeah, I think you did too. He's like, why don't you go see the trainer? So I looked at him. He's like, no. And he goes, what, what do you mean no? And I said, if I go see the trainers, they're going to tell me I can't skate for a week because I probably have a concussion. And he's like, exactly. (laughs) So like I'm skating over there by the time I got, because they would sit in the penalty box during practice at that time. By the time I got to the penalty box, I had my upper half off. And they're like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I got hit in the head, probably have a concussion. I know I can't skate for a week now. (laughs) And they're like, yep, yep. That's yeah, you're, you're done for a week, but yeah, that, that those were fun times. I've only ever had one concussion, but it was like our first one of our first practices my freshman year. <laughs> I got smoked in the head, yeah, in the side of the head, like right on my temple. We were playing, I don't know if you know what floppy is, but it's like two nets and blue line in. Oh, yeah, um, and it's a four on two on both sides, you yeah. know, like fake line in the middle, you can't cross, yeah. And we had dumped in a puck, a new one, and someone was still playing the old one and just smoked me in the oh. side of the head while I was, like, over here looking this way. I was out for a hot minute. I was That was back when concussion protocol was, like, you have to sit in your room by yourself in the dark for days oh. on end. You can't look at your phone or anything. And yeah. I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> Luckily for me, that first concussion was the last game before Christmas break. So I didn't mm-hmm. actually miss any time on that one. Um, 
But like the first two, three days afterwards, I went to class and the teachers are like, go back to your room. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm giving you credit for being here because they're like, you, you have to be at class. So they're like, go back to your room. Like there, there's no point in you being here because you're not retaining anything. Um, I was like, oh, okay. Um, so when I went home, my family doctor had me get an MRI and on my head and everything. And it's funny when, when you go to the family doctor, you like grew up with, they kind of treat you a little bit different than other doctors. And he calls up and my mom and dad weren't home. So he just talked to me. He's like, well, I got good news and bad news. I was like, okay. It's like, what's the good news? And he goes, well, we, we actually found a brain up there. Good. Like, gee, thanks, Doc. So what's the bad news? And he's like, bad news is there's nothing wrong and you're just going to have to put up with the headaches for however long they, they last. It's like, okay. Uh, but like when, when your family doctor's like, hey, good news. We found a brain up there. Yeah, so like, good. Thank really, you. Really? Like whatever happened to professionalism, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, I grew up, I played baseball with his son. So it was like, he, he knew the family. I was like, gee, thanks. Um, yeah, so we've been talking a while and I appreciate that. So I, I end every episode with a list of 10 questions. Now they're the same 10 questions I've asked every single guest. So Donnie's answered them, uh, his son, Joey or Andy answered them to all the other goalies I've had. And the first question is what's the cause, uh, uh, too many hockey questions, sorry. <laughs> What is the craziest coaching moment from your playing days where a coach just lost it? Oh, my gosh. One time, um, Greg Moore, he was our coach my freshman year. He had this bird hat, um, you know, like the ones where you, like, kind of squeeze them and the little arms move or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had one, and it was like a little cardinal hat. And <laughs> he wore it. He thought it was the funniest thing. Um and the first, but it was like every time, I swear that hat was cursed. Like every time he wore that thing, we we would practice terrible and then we'd end up getting skated. <laughs> and so, you know, he'd come out there like super happy, like wearing the hat and we'd all be like, oh no, like it's the worst. <laughs> and, you know, and <laughs> he loved that hat. It was like every time. And I remember one time he really hated when we mismatched our socks, like socks and jerseys. And we thought it was one day someone said that it would be like really quirky if we just, you know, the lines weren't matching up, people were flip-flopping colors. So the jerseys and the socks weren't working. And um, I remember we got out there and he took like one look at us and he was like, Jason, that was our assistant coach. He's like, you take them today. He was just <laughs> couldn't even do it. Couldn't even deal with us. And, and Jason's like, okay, great. Like, and, and it was our best practice probably that whole year. And he just like sat there on the boards like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> so mad about the socks. And then that would happen to be like the best practice we had. And oh my gosh, looking back on that, it was so funny. <laughs> I would say my craziest moment from my St. Mary's days was our JV coach, Terry. He was trying to kick the habit of chewing tobacco. And we were playing a game. And it's between periods and he comes and we're winning this game, but he storms into the locker room, like kicks the door open. And we're like, shit, we thought we were playing okay. And he looks at one of my teammates, he goes, you. And like, he's like, what? And he goes, I know you got chew in your locker. And he's like, I, I and he goes, 
give me some right now. I need it. And he's like, oh, okay. And like he grabbed his tin and tossed it to him. He's like, you're not getting this back. You're not supposed to have it. And like walks out of the locker room. Like, as soon as we heard the door shut, we all just started laughing because at first we're like, we thought we were oh, like, no. going to get yelled at. And then like, we thought maybe we're losing a teammate because of, you know, tobacco <laughs> use. So then it was like, what just happened there? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he was always trying to give it up, but it never happened. Um, so what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? All-time goalie mask? Yeah. I would have to say my mask. Um, I would say my not my newest one because I only wore it once, and it just didn't feel right, even though, you know, like it's just the updated version of my one I already yeah. have, except opposite colors. So, like, honorary mention of that one. But the mask I got when I came to college, like, it is just so meaningful. Like, I got it designed by Gilby. He literally did such a great job. And there's mm-hmm. every single thing on that mask has some sort of, like, meaning to me. Um, it's got a little paw print because my home association is the Bulldogs. has a little frog. That was my nickname growing up. I used to hop on the pucks, do, like, a little frog splash. So they called me Frog and, like, so that's on there and my favorite quote by Herb Brooks on the back and all sorts of stuff. And I really, I just think that it ties together perfectly. So many of the things I love about mm-hmm. hockey that yeah. I, there's no way I could ever pick any other mask. That's awesome. Uh, I remember when I, I, both masks I've had painted, I just went with the simple classic you know school designs but didn't really include any of that special stuff and as I think about getting one painted now it's like those are the things I think about I was like what would I want on there but how the heck would I incorporate that in, into the design but th- that's why you go with an actual artist because they yeah. figure that out um so what's your favorite rink to play at oh I don't it's really hard because I would, I really think St. Mary's has like personally speaking, but it's also because we have like the whole experience that goes with it too. Like every yeah. time we've got the speaker set up in the locker room, the led lights, like everything mm-hmm. going on in there. And then we walk out and it's all perfectly timed music that my teammates and I have picked out. And like just the experience of it all to have a game day at home is just incredible. It's like every time I think about like I can hear these songs in like my workout playlist and it's just like I can see what I'm doing at yep. that moment like in our warm-ups and, and you can smell the rink. Yeah. And so it's like there's so many like sights and sounds and smells like associated like I could put myself right back in that moment. Yep. Um that I really I don't think I could pick a different rink cuz this right. is like not only do I remember this one the best but it's just it's so like holistic like it's got all the parts i don't know no i i 100 get it and i i like that they finally put the um rubber down on the floor for the women's team so you guys yeah. come right out that door by your locker yeah. room and get because when i was there they had to walk all the way all down the through the the one door all the way back down through the other it was like oh just get a little bit i we have the rubber sitting under the bleachers. Let's just put it down. Finally, they did. Yep. Um, so th- this is one that always gets people. What's your favorite goalie stick that you've ever used? My favorite goalie stick? Mm, 
So I tried the Supreme 3S, and I've also tried the new line of the Bauer 6. We got those this year. I just, I really do like the 2S, the Supreme 2S, mm-hmm. the Bauer Supreme. I don't know why. That was like right when they came out. It's got the spine on the back. Yeah. So it's like a paddle on one side, the spine on the other. And I think that was the first stick that I was like, you know, you get a whole extra level of control because it's actually really light. Yeah. Um, and before that, we had, you know, just the stereotypical, pretty much run-of-the-mill Bauer Vapors. So I really like the Supremes, personally speaking. And even though the new ones, they don't have the spine on the back, I don't know why in my mind I'm like, they're just not the same. Right. Because I've got so many new ones. I've got the Supreme 3S, and then I've got the new, um, what are they, the Hyper Hyperlights? Yeah. I've got some of those, and I just... I mean, I haven't given them a fair shot, I guess, but I just am a fan of my 2S. Maybe that's just habit. I don't know. You'll give the other ones a fair shot as the other ones break. Yeah, exactly. You know, I remember when, when I was graduating, when I first started, we got Christian sticks and cohos, and then they switched from cohos to CCMs. Mm-hmm. And the, the CCM was the coolest thing. It was an okay stick, but I liked the Christians better. Well, I was the only one using them, and there were six left in the cabinet. So when I, I brought Coach Fair my 20 bucks to get three more, just so I had some as I graduated, he's like, take all six of them. You're the only one that uses them. I'm not ordering again. I'm not ordering them again. So it's like, sweet. You know, it's not a bad deal. Six, half dozen sticks for 20 bucks. And they lasted me um, a couple of years. Well, I I, t- I broke three of them actually before I graduated because of um, intramurals. Yeah. We had uh, intramurals at, after the season two. So I broke three of them there, but then I had three more that I held onto and kept for a couple of years. Um, so what is your favorite youth hockey memory? Oh, um, I would have to say... And I'm thinking of like a specific photo in my mind. We played um, in this Wasika tournament when I played U12s. I think I was eight. That was the first year I moved up. And so it was me and a bunch of older girls. Um, But that was really our first tournament where we actually did anything sort of special. Like keep in mind, my home team association at the time was, was terrible. Like we were not very good, pretty average, below average of the pack. Um, and it didn't help cause we, you know, are from all sorts of places. Like I didn't go to school with half of these girls. Yeah. Um, but that also kind of made it a little extra more special when we went to the rink and, you know, that was our time to be with each other. Yeah. And we went to this tournament and Wasika, like in general, the, the other teams in this tournament, they had beaten us prior to that. But, um, I remember we got these like little mini trophies and that was just like the coolest thing ever. Cause I had never like, besides being on like summer teams, you know, where you get to pick kind of what teams you're going to be on. Like we had never really won a whole lot of anything. And mm-hmm. that was like the first time we had won anything. First time I had won anything like really worth of like worth anything. At least right. like, we had really earned it. Wasn't yeah. just like a Mike Jamboree medal. <laughs> um, and that was, I remember feeling so proud that we like miraculously were able to get a trophy at this like tournament we were supposed to be terrible at. 
Yeah, no, the, the, those are fun, especially as a kid. I mean, just tournaments in general and youth sports are fun, especially when you get to stay at the hotel and everything. But then when you do something like that, it's like, hey, we, we, we had a good weekend. It worked out. Yeah. Um, so what is the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, directed at you, not directed at you, oh. coming from you? <laughs> I don't even know. There's so many good ones. And especially as like a goalie, you know, you either, you don't really hear them. And then sometimes like I, Gustavus is always a hard ring to play at. Well, they have the spit guard over the penalty box. I love yes. that ring for that reason. Yes, because setup. they have a great fan section, a great yeah. fan section. If you play at Gustavus for Gustavus, a terrible fan section. If you don't. I, I disagree just, because I knew what we were in for there, so I appreciated yeah, it. That's they're, fair. They're creative. Yeah, and I remember they like the first time we went there, they had like all these signs everywhere, and it was right before winter break, so it was like the last thing that they had. Yeah, my freshman year, or sophomore year, and we went, and someone had made a sign that said "Go back to Stupidville," and it had a cardinal on it. Of all the chirps that I can come up with. I don't know why that one always pops in. Like we still talk about that because the, the security guy had to go confiscate it because it was like too mean. And then they had like all these other signs that were like number 35, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, all the personal attacks, but that was the one that I think was so funny because it's like, really like you, you made all these other signs you obviously looked into like all these other things and that was, that was what you decided to go with. Right. <laughs> go that back was... to stupid bro. And yeah. it was like something on the sign was spelt wrong too. Like it was just a whole mess. See, to me, those are the best chirps. So we're like, they're so bad and like, they're not even mean. They're just so bad. They're funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, and that's why I always love you know, for me, when I was in college, that my buddy, and this is a kid that we played youth hockey together. Then we played at different high schools. So we played against each other. And then I'm literally moving in to Ed's hall and he's in the room next. I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm going to school here. What are you doing here? Um, but I, I wound up making the team and he didn't, but he did a lot of refing down at the Bud King ice arena, poor kid. Um, <laughs> But he, he would look at me, he's like, yep, you've got the fastest door in the Mayak. I was like, yeah, but I play JV. He goes, yeah, that's what's impressive about it. You're a JV goalie with the fastest door in the Mayak. I was like, God, you're a jerk. But okay, I'll take it. Um, and to this day, if I like post a picture from the beer leagues, he's like, oh, they let you play this game? It's like, yeah, they're, they're hurting for goalies. They'll let anybody play. Um so what is the worst post-game – I'm going to change it for you because I know NCAA rules don't allow this. What is the worst post-game beverage? Worst post-game beverage. Hmm. We used to get um, – we stop at Quick Trip now. Like, we split up, like, road trips. So many of us get car sick. It's a whole different thing. Um <laughs> And I can't think of a worse road trip, like road trip drink, but something like we went to Boston and we all got Chick-fil-A and that mm -hmm. was like, we had like sneak out almost to like go get this Chick-fil-A. Like 
we were allowed to leave. Coach knew, but they like saw us like running across the road, coming back with like bags and bags of food and like shakes from Chick-fil-A, you know, and they had like put so much work into like putting together this like healthy salad bowl, like rice things from like this shop they got downtown. And, and I remember, um, people were like running and dropping off these shakes to like everybody in the hotel, (laughs) like door to door. And like 10 minutes later, we're all sitting in our rooms. Like it was curfew and coach just sends out like a little text in our group me about like, make sure that you're not like eating Chick-fil-A, like all this stuff, taking care of your body after the game. Like if you want to play good in the future, like, and we all just were like, Ooh, like we just got totally busted. Like we, I don't know. It was like, you know, it's after a game. It was on a trip. It's Chick-fil-A. I feel like, yeah. you know, that's kind of an exception of the rules, but she, right. like, they thought it was so funny that we were like running across the street <laughs> to like go get Chick-fil-A shakes. We don't have yeah. that one on. Yeah. So do they still give meal money on the way home from away games? Cause we would get like $5 meal money. It's like, what are you going to get with $5? Um, but think th- we, we would always get to choose where we were going to stop. And we always chose, I always asked for white castle. I got outvoted, mm. but we usually stopped at um, McDonald's cause they had the dollar menu. And it's like, all right, we can make $5 go somewhere with the dollar menu. But then those of us that were smarter were like, well, if we pour money together, like can get these two can go in and get like 30 chicken nuggets. And then he can go in and get like three pops. And now we got, you know, yeah. and so we started uh, getting pretty good at pulling our money together and getting more food that way. Um, but yeah, the $5 meal money, I'm like, where's, what are we going to do with that? But it's funny because Terry, he had a stack of fives as we're getting off the bus and he would stand there like, uh, Lloyd Christmas handing out tips and dumb and dumber. He's like, (laughs) each one of us is we're getting off the bus. It was like, Oh Lord. And we're the, the poor McDonald's workers. It was always the one in like Red Wing bus of college kids pulls in right before closing like they're they're literally putting chairs on top of the table and we come barreling in like we're gonna take whatever you'll give us and they're like oh my god what is going on (laughs) yeah we always joke that we're the best fed team in the mayak our coaches cassie literally scouts out like all the best places we can eat ever like we go to noodles. We'll go to Chipotle. We go to all sorts of like when we're up in the cities. One time we went to Casetas, like all sorts of places. And then they'll ask us, you know, like we order sandwiches. So we get sandwiches after home games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we get to take it home, eat it. So then we get to the rink the next morning and then we get on the road. Um, and like Cassie even will like get up in the morning and she cooks us like crock pots full of eggs and griddles up bacon and we make little breakfast bagels with our toaster and like yogurt strawberry cream cheese jelly like you name it she's got it like even for people like i don't really eat dairy she'll get us like dairy-free yogurt like dairy-free 
um, milk, almond milk, like whatever we want. And like fresh fruit for like yogurt parfaits. And then after the games, we'll like go to all these places that have like super good meals. And it's just crazy. I Cassie's way, we're way too well fed. It is crazy. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Like we're the best fed team in the Mayak. Like we hear about other teams who like get like herbs and gerbs, like a sandwich, or they yeah. get just like 35 pizzas from Domino's and they, that's all they eat. And it's like our coaches would never. We have like well balanced meals over breaks. We have like um, catered food, so we have like salads, potatoes with like some sort of like chicken breast. Like Cassie is the best. Sarah too. Like, well, that food clearly is not coming from the cafeteria then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we always looked forward. I know when I was there, the food was so bad. Like a year later, they changed food services because like the students signed a petition but we, we looked forward to grilled cheese day because it was like you can't screw up can't grilled cheese. Up. um and i would always ask for like four of them and then they had to start giving a two sandwich limit yes. while you were in line <laughs> yeah. so i would eat my two i would go back to two i would go back i would eat like <laughs> eight grilled cheeses in a you know meal and they always looked at me because i drank so much milk that they had these tiny little cups in the cap yeah. and I would yeah. I would get eight of them because that's what would fit across my tray and just fill them all up and I had and it was people were like you're gonna drink it's like yeah I am and it's like all of it that's why that's why I didn't break bones um <laughs> so when you tape your stick do you go heel to toe or toe to heel heel to toe for sure 100%. okay you are in the majority yeah very few have answered toe to heel and I had two different guests that hadn't heard each other's episodes say those that go toe to heel are psychopaths. Um, yeah. I don't know if I would go that far, but um, yeah, th there, there's not many that have answered toe to heel. So what's your favorite number to wear and why? My favorite number to wear is 34. Um, I was 34, U12 on up. That, and then, you know, once you're yeah, that young, that's mm -hmm. like, once you have your number, you're like, yeah, this is my number for life. Like, you're yeah. committed. You sell your soul to this number for really no good reason other than it was like your first and now it's got to be your only. Um, I got to college. They didn't have a 34 jersey. Womp womp. So I ended up being 35. Honorary mention to 35. Sometimes I forget yep. that that's my number. But like 34, Instagram handle, like all that stuff you throw numbers after. Always yep. going to be 34 for sure. So I was 35 in high school. Um but when I got to St. Mary's, our senior starting goalie had 35. So that wasn't an option. So I literally went to the cabinet and found the biggest jersey they had. And that happened to be number 39. So that is now my number. <laughs> Has been since. I've thought about going back to 35 because I really liked it. But I'm like, nah, that 39 fits my personality better. Yeah. They asked me, they were like, do you want to switch numbers? Because they could have ordered me a jersey, and I was like, "Nope, already got all my stuff on it." So, yeah, at that it point, is, yeah, it, it, it's it's your college number. Yeah. Um, so the last question is, what advice do you have for young goalies? Oh my gosh, I could come up with so many of these. I'd say um, number one, believe in yourself, because I feel like as a goalie, kind of like I said in the beginning, you hold a lot of that weight of the game on you. Even yeah. if realistically 
you play the best game of your life, you know, you always feel like you could do better Mm -hmm. or that at the end of the day, you could have won the game for them or, you know, you lose a game that's close and it's, it's absolutely this last week in the beer leagues, we tied two to two tying the top team in the division. And I'm going, I, I really could have stopped those two goals, but they happened. And I still stopped 28 others. So it's like, I got to cut myself some slack. You know, it's, what what was it? Albert Einstein, when he went into the school and started doing math problems, you know, after like so many, he did one intentionally wrong and they started laughing at him. He goes, why are you laughing at the one I did wrong and not praising the, you know, 10 I did right. Uh, And that's how we are as goalies. We focus on what we did wrong and don't take the time to look at what we've done well. Yeah. So I would say that kind of goes hand in hand with, I, I believe that there's a reason for statistics, but I think especially when you're a younger goalie, like not only do you need to believe in yourself, but you also have to know like when is looking at the statistics not helping you? Cause mm-hmm. I think there comes a point, especially when you're younger, where it can be pretty easy to let yourself and your ability and your success be defined by win loss records, by your save mm-hmm. percentage statistics. And yes, these are all like, accurate predictors like they can tell you how good you're doing or not I think there's a lot of other things that come into play in the game too and especially as a young goalie keeping that in mind that you know statistics aren't everything mm-hmm. like and yeah, for a goalie or two I think the only statistic worth looking at as a goalie is expected goals against versus actual yeah it's the only good one in my as an analyst to me that's the only good one yeah I think save percentage is a little bit better, but then you get into the messy world of like goals against per game. And it's like, well, I could be letting in three goals against per game, but it depends who we're playing. It Mm -hmm. depends how many shots they're having. It depends on the team in front of you. Yep. And I think it's really easy kind of with that first part, like believe in yourself. It's really easy to blame yourself. Yep. And I think, you see bad statistics for one game and it's really easy as a younger goalie to let that kind of determine your success, kind of get your steam down. Um, I always told myself, like, I would never look at the statistics in high school until we're talking maybe like once a month. Yeah. Cause I told myself, you know, I never really had a super great, we never made it to state. We never made it past first round of playoffs, but to me, like the statistics didn't determine like my ability Like, I still had good statistics, but they weren't the best in the league. They weren't the best in the state. But that's also kind of a reality taking into account, you know, the team I had in front of me, the teams that we played against. To to that point, me and my goalie partner in high school, we liked to look at them when we walked into the rink because our team was not good at all. And we would look at the goals against and we're like, ah, here we are down here. But then we look at save percentage, we're like, ah, here we are up here. (laughs) That's why we looked at them see, like, how crazy is is this? <laughs> yeah, the gap is for real. Yeah. And I think probably just the last piece of advice I would go with for younger goalies would be put yourself out there. That kind of goes with, like, believe in yourself. But, mm-hmm. like, if I wouldn't have put myself out there and other gave myself op- other opportunities, like in the summer, played for different teams – um, played in the Dodge County League, like doing all these things, playing for all these different coaches. If I wouldn't have given myself 
out there, then the chances of me getting scouted or recruited staying at where I was wasn't very high. And that's yeah. not to say that you have to move to be successful. You absolutely don't. But I think the more experience you experiences you get, the more different caliber, like higher quality shots, right? So in my association, I didn't have the best players in the state, but I could go to the cities and I could travel to Dodge County where there were significantly more successful teams and I could play with those girls. And that's the easiest way to level up your game is to put yourselves out there in a way that forces you to be better, Mm -hmm. um, surround yourself with people that challenge you. And that goes with, you know, find a mentor, find a goalie that you think really pushes you to be better, whether that's your goalie partner or a goalie in your association that's older than you or your goalie coach or whatever it may be. Maybe it's your mom or your dad finding someone that's going to be there when the games are tough, but going to be there to challenge you to be better as well. I think a lot of the times, you know, we have goalie partners. I never had a goalie partner, really. Um, I had a few like here and there for a couple years on and off, but I never had one that was really stable on and off through high school. And, um, coming into college, that was something that was an adjustment is like, you have to realize, you know, having a goalie partner is a privilege to push yourself to be better. It's not necessarily something that's bad. Yeah. Well, it's cool that you say that because there are two, two takeaways there. You talk about finding a mentor when I was coaching at the high school level, we had it with our teams where they had to adopt one of the youth teams from our area and they had to go out there. Well, that meant our goalies too. And it was really interesting. Like it was great for the youth goalies. And we saw some uh, good things out of those younger goalies as they came up through the ranks, but the impact it had on the older goalie, like they had to think about the position at its most basic level to teach us work with this younger goalie and and it, it was a great full place but you know you talk about at st mary's the goalie partners you know i still in some way keep in contact with most of them whether it be alan knowles who we were skating together in the summer until he moved out to uh, colorado this year in fact i was texting him today because he played for hermantown i was like h town uh, won the first game and my kids go to matamidi so i was like yeah they're gonna play each other again this year um fun story about alan is he played in the state tournament his senior year and there's a goal that was scored on him that was a breakaway where he made a move and they put it slipped it through his legs well freshman year as we're watching the state tournament every time they cut to commercial break they played that goal every single time so al is sitting there watching it with us and He's uh, allergic to beer. Uh, he's Korean, and I, I guess that's normal in um, the Asian community to have a allergy to beer, so he can't have any. Most of my teammates are drinking beer. Um, so we're, we're feeling good, and every commercial break, we'd look and be like, hey, Al, are you going to stop at this time? Ah, oh, no, you didn't. It went in again. But, you know, so keep in touch with Al. Um, I know, you know, um, uh, Ryan S, you know, him and I are still texting quite a bit. Um, Dave Rogalski, he was there at that. And now that Dave is with the New Jersey Devils coaching, he, the Devils are kind of goofy and like 
letting coaches talk. Um, so haven't had as much conversations with Dave since he's gone over there. Um, but every now and then Sean green, it's like all these goalies that I played with, there's only Freddie Hennon, the goalie for my freshman year. He, he, he always kept to himself even when we played. So it's like, not surprised. I don't keep, I keep in touch with, but like every other goalie from that time I've kept in touch with more so than any of my, I've kept in touch with a lot of teammates, but more so than any of my teammates, it's those goalies. I can send them a text. It's like, as if, you know, we were just on the ice together yesterday because, because of that, that bond we, we formed there. So, but that is all the questions I have. We've been talking quite a bit. So I <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule because, you know, your season just ended, you got your rehab going, uh, classes, all of that. So thank you for uh, finding some time to chat with me. It's been fun. Um, good luck the rest of the school year and tell Donnie I say hi. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, again, thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Catch you next time. All right. Bye now. Bye. It was great getting to know Jordan after following her career the past few seasons. She's about to embark on the next chapter in her life and will for sure be successful. Follow Jordan on Instagram at Joe Keeley, that's K-E-E-L-E-Y 34. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, click the merchandise link on the website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many shows to list here, but shows like the Armchair GM Podcast, the Tracking the Storm Podcast, and the Kaniac Report Podcast can all be found. If you're looking for something good to read, get yourself a subscription to Vintage Tendy Magazine. Published quarterly by episode 28 guest Brent Denour, the magazine takes a deep dive into a goalie, usually from the 80s or 90s, and in the first six issues, they've covered Potvin, Fuhrer, Cheveldave, Thibault, Reggett, Van Beesbrook, and episode 20 guest mask painter Don Strauss. The latest issue zeroes in on Darren Poopa. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on all episodes. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand that wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. Be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.
Tarkin. Yeah, dude. Hey, have you checked out the pond today? Funny you ask. I was just down there this morning. Yeah, any good news? Well, Dave, the pond? Yeah. It's froze right over.